Sunday? Over <clears throat> the next four weeks. And um, but one verse of scripture today. My device, I've not even got to there yet, so here we go. And he's to the scriptures, say hey, amen. If amen. not, it's on the screen. And you went on the screen, Sam cheating. Jacob said that now. All right, one simple verse. <clears throat> My foot standeth in an even place. The congregation will I bless the Lord. Very simple verse. Let me read it once again. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregation will I bless the Lord. Lord bless today. Help us to um, see your word. We open up our spirit and our heart, God. Lord, you help us to have an understanding and life to us, God. We love you and we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, I started this uh, a new series here that I entitled, Jacob can fuss that in a little bit. He said, that's a long time. Why you got such a long time? Because we make sure we understand uh, how to not fail as a Christian. The reason being, I see a lot of people that um, they're in church one week and we don't see them for a few weeks or we don't see them for a month. Ups and downs, ups and downs. Or we see them in church. One week they're up front shouting all the place. The next week they're in the back row and they're about ready to um, walk away from everything because they're so depressed and they, they uh, you know, are fighting so many things. And last week we just kind of put a little introduction to it. We talked about how so many go from that mountaintop to the valley in a matter of weeks, days, and I have seen it happen even in hours. Um, that said, this series has been birthed from this book that I have here, and I will read some from the concepts of this today, and um, several things marked that I'll talk about from it. It is Brother White's new book. It's excellent. It is called The Anatomy of a Failure. Um, as a matter of fact, when I originally asked him, I, I said, you gonna have a new book for this year? We're going to homecoming. He said, "Yeah, I got a new one." He told me what it was about, what it was, and he said, "He told me this. He said you need to teach this to the people you pastor." So not only am I doing what he's asking me to do, but I'm doing what I really feel like because this thing in this book it gives four things that I'm going to be teaching over the next four weeks to to us to help us. Anybody may be here, help us now or help us what we may face in the future of how to overcome this trend that we see in church of people just up and down, up and down. It, it's so hard. I know talking to Brother Giffen here a while back, and uh, me and him were just talking, and he said, man, it's so hard just to get people to come regular and be faithful. He said, it's so hard just to get people to come. And, and it really is at times. It seemed like it's such a challenge. But we live in a challenging time. A lot of things fighting against us. A lot of things. Uh, a lot of things that's, that's bidding for our ears. Talking to someone today and was talking to them about, um, you know, about how God loves them and things like that. And the individual said this. They said, but it seems like the bad stuff is so much louder than the good stuff. It seems like it's screaming out to us. And, but we, we think about how does this happen? How does a good person? Fail to God, uh, uh, fail a great God. God's great, isn't he? Amen. How's a good person fail a great God? What causes us uh, people who love God to suddenly looks like they just reject Him? What what are the danger zones that lead people to a spiritual downfall? Last week we talked about how we need to know what we're up against. You see, 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, I mentioned this last week, I mentioned again today, says that lest Satan should get advantage of us, but we are not ignorant of his vices. We can't be ignorant of these facts. There's real battles that's out there. There's a real devil that's fighting us, and we have real fleshly desires that fight against us just as hard as the devil does. 
And Satan will use every device he can to fight against us, so we can't be ignorant of these things. Why well, I read last week in Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 that, that we should follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man should see the Lord. Look looking diligently, lest any man know the grace of God. How do we follow that grace? It says, because lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble us, and thereby we will be defiled, or we make many will be defiled. So it's very possible for us to fail from fall from the grace of God. We can walk away from God. We can walk away from God. God is never going to withdraw his salvation from us. But we can walk away from it. And that is something we've got to understand. If there's anybody in this building today, and we're going to put it this way, anybody who's not in this building today, uh, it's not because God didn't love them. It's not because God didn't make a way for them to be saved. It is because they, if they once was here, they're not here now, they're not in another church, and they're just staying home, or they went to an easier way. It's not because God didn't love them. It will be because they chose to walk away. But White says in this book, he said, offering salvation is God's, God's uh, business. But maintaining that salvation, that's up to us. He gives it to us, but we've got to maintain it. And it is possible for us to, to uh, uh, forfeit this wonderful salvation that God's given us that no man can steal away, but we can willfully walk away from the very hand of God that nobody else can pull us out of. We can't blame it on somebody else and say, well, the pastor made me quit church. My husband and my wife made me quit church. My, my mom or dad made me quit church. No, we walk away. We reach for sin and we turn away from that, our, our back from the very salvation that Jesus died for us to give us. He was resurrected to give us that hope. And listen to Peter again this morning. I read it last week, the, the last part of 2 Peter. I'm not going to read it all right now, maybe before this day is over. But 2 Peter 1 and verse 10 says, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you should never fail. There's some things that I didn't go across here. But he said, there is it possible that we can get to a place that we will not fall? That seems like a hard task sometimes, don't Today, we're going to talk about the first danger zone that Brother White lays out in his book. And that first danger zone is found within this scripture right here that we read today. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregation, I in the congregation will I bless the Lord. The first danger zone is found in the feet. Let's see take it again in the feet. The first danger zone in our walk with God, we're going to talk about it, is our feet. Somebody might be thinking, what's wrong with my feet? They may stink a little bit, but what's wrong with my feet? Well, it's not the literal foot, but it's what the foot is standing on. Falling short of God's grace is many times a result of instability in people's lives. It's hard to maintain stability when we're standing on a shaky foundation. Has anybody ever been privileged to go to uh, Rock City in, in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee? Anybody ever been privileged to go up there and walk through Rock City? It's really cool. It's uh, basically, they have trails that go through there. That one spot, they have a what they call a swinging bridge. Anybody ever walk across one of those? I cannot get Sister Cheryl to walk across that. She cannot. She will not go across it. Uh, it may be because usually when we get out there, I start doing this. <laughs> I mean, even though there's cables and there's good boards and, and it doesn't look like it's going to fall at all, it's shaky. I mean, she's like, well, I can't be out there and maintain my stability with that thing shaking all over the place. Maybe you've been to the fair and you went through that little fun house thing they got for the kids, and that's adults like to go through it, and they've got a few of them areas. they got one spot where you walk across it, and the floor is doing this stuff. 
shaking all over the place. But when, when, when your feet is shaking, it's hard to stay stable and stand there. It's hard to maintain stability when we're standing on a shaky foundation. Does anybody ever remember an earthquake? The only one I ever remember woke me up in the middle of the night. I wasn't standing. I was laying in my bed, but I could feel it shaking. No doubt you've probably seen the videos. It was the last year when California was rocked by a, another earthquake. And they had videos of people trying to, you see them actually trying to stand in the, in the ground and them was shaking. If what you're standing on is shaking, it's hard for you to stand still. Right? And in this text today, David told us the importance of the child of God of having our feet planted on a firm foundation. When he said, let me, let me go back and put back up our force again. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregation will I bless the Lord. One translation says it like this. It says, my feet are on a sure foundation. Therefore, they, they say this. If the word therefore is somewhere, you've got to understand what therefore is therefore. So when he says, My feet are on a sure foundation, therefore, or other words, this is a result. My praise can continue to abide in the presence of God. When we have our feet on a sure foundation, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, you can, we can continue to, to abide in a place where we can praise and be in the presence of God. Amen. And in most cases, in a verse, we can suggest that the opposite of what it says is also true. So if a person's feet do not stand on a sure foundation, he or she cannot continue to abide in the presence of God. Amen. So if our feet is not planted on a sure foundation, we can't abide in the presence of God. But if our feet is on that sure foundation, we can abide in the presence of God no matter what we're fighting in our life. Amen. Amen. This world is trapped in the mindset that says this. If I want to do something, regardless of how unbiblical it is, I can somehow justify it while keeping my salvation. This world is trapped in that mindset that I can continue to sin and Keep salvation. Brother Doug White said this in his book. He said, our society has acquired a dangerous Burger King mentality towards spiritual things. Living a habit your way salvation and claiming they can choose the things they want salvation to affect or not affect and God will still honor it. That is scary. Now Burger King, you can go and you can say, Give me the Whopper without all the other stuff on it. I just want a bur I want a Whopper with just a burger on it. You're right, sis. When you take the stuff off of it that makes it a Whopper, it ceases to be a Whopper anymore. Now they may say you can have it any way you want, but if you look up there and say, give me the Whopper without all this, it's not a Whopper no more. It ceased to be what it was originally created to be. And that's the same way with salvation. We've got to understand the word of God tells us that that, that, that idea is, is just not true, that you can have it any way you want. And, and if anyone would tell you that or imply that true salvation can be twisted and turned into something that's less than what God's word requires, they're speaking some very dangerous lies that are very contrary to everything God's word declares to us. And the first step for us maintaining truth about salvation is we've got to understand that it's got to be built on a solid, sure foundation that will stabilize our spiritual feet to withstand any storm that may come into our lives. Any storm that may come in our lives. There is a foundation that we can get our feet so firmly planted on. I don't care what come against you. It can't shake you from it. Then Jesus speaks of this in Luke chapter 6. 
in verse 47. When Jesus says, verse 47, Luke 6, 47 and 48, when he says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them. You notice he don't just say, hear my sayings. He says, and doeth them. I will show you to whom he is like. So let me break this down. What he's saying? Those people who come, they hear the word and they do the word. I'm going to show you what they're like. This is what he said they're like. He is like a man which built a house. Not only did he build a house, he did deep. And he laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house. It could not shake it, for the, it was founded upon a rock. Everybody said it was founded upon a rock. Jesus let us know that if we want a sure foundation, we just can't throw it up anywhere. That's going to be some digging involved. Amen. Why do you think that every year and often I push us to read the word of God? Because when you begin to dig into this, you're digging and building a foundation. Oh my goodness. We've got the honor those today who read through their Bible. Man, somebody remind me. I'll do that next Sunday. <laughs> we got to honor you. We got we got some new ones that's read through it. We got some that's read through it more than once. And man, Sister Ashley, she's I said I'm gonna read it twice this year. She's done ahead of me. I'm on track to read it twice. I think she's on track to read it, read it three or four times right now. <laughs> that's okay though, sis. You're digging down. You're digging down to the rock. Hey, Amen. You know what? We can't get out of here and say, you know what? I'm going to build a foundation. And, 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 and we just dig down and say, oh, this is good enough right here. No. We've got to dig down and find the rock. You know who the rock is today? Jesus is that rock. And Jesus, he, he lets us know that if we want a sure foundation. We've got to dig down and we've got to find it. Listen to what he says in verse 49. I just read to you 47, 48. But listen to what he says in verse 48 and 49. He said, but he that heareth and doeth not. If I say doeth not. See, look, we can hear it, but we've got to do it. But he then he said, but if you hear it and do it not, it's like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth. No, it's not a rock. Against which the stream did vehemently and immediately, the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. The ruin of that house was great. Jesus linked the lack of any real foundation to someone's life to that has that 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 is instable. It has no stability. And I promise you, I can very assure you today that storms of life are going to come. Amen. 2019, I know I faced some storms. I know some of you faced some storms. And guess what? I'm expecting better in 2020, but I guarantee you, we're still going to face some storms. And if we don't have a genuine, unmovable foundation of the Word of God, we will fall. So, with this parable, we can establish some things in our life. I'm going to turn to Brother White's book and, and read you some things that he said that is established in this, this parable. He said, God's word designed the parameters of truth and the requirements of our salvation. And God expects his truth Expects his design for salvation to be followed. What's he saying here? He said, look, in this parable, he, he laid down what it, the parameters that's needed to have that foundation. You know, where did he put it at? He said it's got to be built on that rock. Right? It's got to be built. What is that rock? Jesus said, hear my words. Jesus is the word. John 1 1, beginning with the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was God. John 1 14 said, That Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is that rock. He is, he is the one. That's what he said. You've got to keep my sayings. So, whatever he says, how do we know what he says? It's in the Word of God, right? 
So that's the parameters of what we build this thing on. Amen. Now we live in a different time. You can't just go and just build a house any way you want anymore, even if you live in the country. There is standards, there's guidelines. And why do they do that? Because they know there's been too many houses that's been built, not the code, and they burn down because the electric's not right, the water's not running right, or the foundation's not right, and guess what happens? The place goes to ruin. And Jesus knew this way back when. Furthermore, he said, building an experience with God is like building a house. Begin by making your, sure your foundation is strong, stable, and built on biblical truth. I made mention of a I made mention of the uh, dollar store that they're putting down here by Beulah. They're, they're putting everywhere. I seen a funny meme. Maybe you've seen it. Somebody found a dollar store bag laying on the ground. They said, "I'm glad I found this. It's fixing the dollar store spring up right here real quick." Somebody done laid the seed for it. Dollar stores are going up everywhere. But you know what they done down there? They spent a month on the foundation, and they just got the foundation done. But I guarantee. You, We'll see a building go up quick. You know why I can go quick? Because when you get the foundation sure, it's important. When you get it sure, you have something to build on. Right? He went on to say, you need to know that the storms are going to come in every life. Regardless of our foundation, there's a storm going to hit our life. So when the storms come, we got to make sure that our foundation is built on Unwavering biblical truth. Amen. Because it's got to be after God's design, not our design. You know how many times I've been, I, I got one person in particular that within the last two years told me, sitting right there in that office, I know if God comes back today that I'm going to go to heaven. And I looked at them, I said, but. You're living in fornication. You're living with somebody that you're not married to. That's against biblical principles. But I know I'll be okay. Argue with me. Today they're not sitting in this building because a storm came in their life and shook them off their foundation. We've got to be planted on biblical truth. And if we're not, when a storm comes, we got to understand something. When a storm comes and you're planted firm, you're not coming off that. I've never seen anybody who was planted, truly knew what the word was, and planted in that thing be shook off their foundation. Hear me. I'm telling us today. It's the truth. We've got, we've got to have our feet planted in a sheer place. Because surviving the storm is going to be determined by the foundation of which we have built our walk of God with. And too many people walking through this spiritual life struggle with being tossed to and fro all over the place. They're in and out of church because their feet are not firmly planted on a sure foundation. Which is the word of God. Which has laid out for us. You see, God gave us the blueprints for our spiritual foundation. He knew what it was going to take to keep our souls safe. Stable. In a saved condition. And we can't change that foundation to see what we want. Salvation is not, it, it, it's not a GPS set that gives us a multiple routes to get to heaven. Those of you know that you can say, I, I can I can get on my phone so easy and I can say, hey, take me to Louisville, Kentucky. Well, you know, eventually you can pop up with a map that has, you can go this way, this way, this way. One way is usually always the quickest and one way is the least miles and, and one way is just an alternative for you to go if you don't want to go to another day. So we, we can leave here today and we can go make our way in America and we can go a lot of different ways. We can go down right down uh, 1147, hit 506, and go right into town. That's the best way to go. Or you can go right down this next little road. What is it going, Donnie? Well, whatever it is, go right down and hang a left. Before you get to 506, we'll, we'll road. We'll take you out and bring you out there somewhere in Crane. Now, 
Now when we bring you out of Crane, they'll bring you out to the new road. Amen. Or we can go right back down here and we can we can hit uh uh this little gypsy road and go back up and hit 902, go back up and hit uh highway 91, 641, just follow it, right back into Marion. Anywhere you want, right? Look, salvation is not that way. It's it's not just pick any way you want to go. There is only one route given by God for salvation. Salvation is not what they call uh, a la carte menu. You know what that is? You just pick what you want. You just, you just pick with choices of something that we can we can mold to uh, meet our personal preference. It's, it's not that way. God offers a plan that we must, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to say it, we've got to take it or leave it. It's his way. Salvation, not it doesn't come with the way some, some game shows are now where, where everybody wins. There's only one way to win, and that's follow the plan of God. Have our feet planted in sure and a sure salvation, a, a sure way. And the only way to win salvation is by obedience to what this book right here says. And our feet's got to be planted on the solid rock of the word of God. And when we see life shipwreck, it seems it's come from the instability of the Word of God not being in their lives. We, we've got to say to ourselves about salvation as the way God laid it out. This is what God requires for salvation. I'm not looking for an easier way. There are no other options that I intend to live for except for exactly what God's word says. Sister Melma, I can't manufacture it to fit me. I have to I have to mold myself to fit the word. The Bible talks about in James 1 and 8, he says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Everybody say unstable. This is the person that no matter uh, no matter what they do, the foundation keeps shifting under them. Double-minded. It, it, it's incredible. It's like I, I've talked to people like this. I, I've talked to people. I've, I've sat down and talked with people as pastors saying, I went to them and said, look, I'm, I'm a little concerned about, or either they come to me and say, what's going on? What, what do you think? And I said, look, I'm a little concerned about you doing this, this, and this. And you don't need to do this. This is be your best interest or whatever. And I've had them literally say, I am not going to do that. You know, two weeks later, they're doing that. And I'm gone. And then two weeks later, they're not in church. It's double-minded. Being double-minded. It makes us very unstable. You know, it... it, it I'm thankful that God is He's not like that, but uh, I'd be leery of getting I'd be leery of getting in a, in a bus or a car with somebody that that well no you know we're gonna go forward, we're gonna go backwards, we're gonna go you know they can't make their mind up, they're unstable. Listen, we we've got to have stability in our life. But see that person, they're double-minded, like one, one week, you know, one week faith from this church is important, but next week, well, there's a ball game on today. Well, I can't go. One week, one week, uh, well, this week we're going to pay tithes for the extra money, but this week we don't because something's due. Or one week it's like, well, this week I'm going to be around a lot of Christian folks, so, well, I've got to dress Christian, but this week I'm not. Well, I don't have to dress that way. Or pastors around, so I gotta watch my speech, but not with my buddies, and I don't have to. That's instability. That we we're not on a firm foundation. Become somebody who's unstable in all our ways. But we've got to somehow get a sure. Sure foundation. Somebody says sure foundation. 
We we gotta we gotta be aware of that person that we encounter that that has options. I have one option. That's salvation, biblical salvation. Because of that person that has options in their life, they're unstable. Unstable. If God designed the foundation for our needs, then that is what we need to build our life on. Amen? Can I get an amen with that? So, with, with all that said today, uh, in Brother White's book, as I said, I'm teaching, I'm going to teach the principles that he felt like God gave him. Brother White's an incredible man, we know that. He is um, a man of passion, desire, loves people. But I'm going to tell you now, he loves the Word of God. Everything he does is very biblical, biblical sound. And Brother White outlines three things that makes up a sure foundation that I'm going to give with us today. And we'll talk about, then we'll, we'll bring this to a, a close here today. Uh, number one is to have a sure foundation in our life, we have to have an unwavering doctrinal absolutes. An unwavering doctrinal absolutes. Now, somebody may question, what is doctrine? Doctrine is basically what the Bible teaches. Doctrine is just basically, um, you know, it's, it's what the Bible says we need to do. It, doctrine outlines sin. Uh, sin. Doctrine outlines uh, what is sin, what isn't sin. Doctrine outlines um, all kinds of things like how we should act, how should we should uh, treat people, and, and all that kind of stuff. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You also will find that exact same scripture in Proverbs 16 25. They are identical scriptures. The writer of Proverbs was letting us know that, you know what, there may be a way that seems right. To me, but that don't mean it's right. Yeah. And God has reasons that He does things. And God has a non negotiable plan for salvation. And spiritual stability can be acquired only, I'm going to say that again, only when our feet are planted on biblical truth. I say biblical truth. You know what biblical truth is? That's not Daniel truth. That's not Donnie truth. That, that's not Heather truth. It's, it's biblical truth. It's what the Bible lays out for us. And regardless of how much we want to believe, our salvation can be attained by, uh, according to our own personal preference, it simply just isn't true. My opinion about the Bible doesn't matter. Your opinion about the Bible doesn't matter. The opinions of, of our loved ones about the Word of God doesn't matter. The opinions of our the self-exclaimed experts out there doesn't matter. God's opinion alone is the only one that matters when it comes to the Word of God. Or not say word of God, just foundation, period. The opinion of Almighty God has made it very perfectly clear that the day of Pentecost, the day the New Testament church was born, the Holy Ghost fell on that day. Whenever Peter stood up and, and he began to preach to them the words that, who said? Am I know? He began to preach about the words that Jesus passed to them. We, we established earlier that Jesus said that if you'll build on that foundation of what I'm telling you, if you'll hear my words and do them, you're building a foundation. Well, guess what? That's what Peter done. He grabbed the words of Jesus, which went along with the words of the Old Testament, and Peter stood up and he began to preach to them doctrine about 
what they needed. They said, when they heard Peter preach, he, he began to preach. He said, look, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. He talked about David, one of the founding fathers. He said, this, this is what you're seeing come alive right here on the day of Pentecost. And all of a sudden, it pricked their hearts and they said, what must we do to be saved? Has anybody ever read that before? It's in Acts chapter 2. I believe in verse 37 when they say, what shall we do to be saved? Does anybody know what Peter said in Acts 2.38? We've heard what he said all the time. Hold on around here. Repent. Be baptized. Every one of you in the name of what? Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God's salvation commanded for, commanded for us in humanity is to repent of our sins. It's not the shine, it's not the sign of Roshi. Amen. It's to repent of our sins and to be baptized. Not just any way, but the biblical way. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. That's the only way we ever find anybody ever being baptized in the Word of God. I know people want to contend that uh, Matthew, that you know, baptize the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's name, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We can prove the Word of God. It is Jesus. That is the foundation that we're built upon. That is in the name of Jesus. We need to be baptized in that name. And he said, you will, you might receive the Holy Ghost. No, he said, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. You're going to receive it. This is the foundation. And let me tell you what. When people start messing with that foundation, they say, you don't, you don't have to repent. You, you don't have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You don't need the Holy Ghost. You're on unstable ground. Amen. And something can knock them off their foundation. But sister, I like what Sister Lawson just said. You don't have to repent. You go, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And that, that that's part of that that's part of that uh, uh, thing that we got to understand. That's part of that foundation that we're built on. And see, God never issued a disclaimer that voided these qualifications. Nowhere. And, and that's not what, what Peter said. He said to them, repent, be baptized some of you. No, he said every one of you in the name of Jesus. Everyone. You see, if we read the proper context of the requirements that Acts 2.38 gives us, there's 31,102 verses in the Word of God. And Acts 2.38 does not contradict any of the other 31,101 verses in the Word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, we can preach Jesus. I can take nearly, uh, I can take every book in the Bible and I can preach to you Jesus. That's how important Jesus' name baptism is. That's how important is that, that, that Jesus that walked on this earth, he said, I'm going to go away, but that same spirit that's inside of me is going to come back to you. How? In the form of the Holy Ghost. That's the foundation of doctrine that we're living on. And when we're planted on that foundation, it's hard for the devil to shake us. God's requirement of what it takes for humanity to be tamed for this salvation is firm and it's forever settled in heaven. Amen. Forever settled in heaven. And there's a, a lot of people that um, fail God. They fall. They fall because their feet's not planted. Missing the mark. They can't understand why they can't hit the target because we're shaking all over the place. Shaking all over the place. Listen, I'm a deer hunter. I'm not, I don't hunt as much as I used to, but I, I know that when I put a deer stand in a tree, I don't find one that's this big around. I try to find the biggest tree that I can find that I can put my stand on. Because I have been in the woods, Brother Donnie, literally picked too small a tree 
draw my bow back, trying to aim at a deer with my bow, and I'm doing this number. Tree, not the foundation that I'm connected to is all over the place. And we got to have our foundation sure. And to maintain biblical salvation, it is absolutely imperative that our feet be planted on solid biblical truth. And the first foundation of biblical truth is how we're saved. Amen. It's how we are saved. And keeping our salvation requires us knowing God's plan of salvation for us. And it doesn't just stop, didn't just stop in Acts 2.38 for them. He said, this promises to you, your children, your children's children. Amen. And all that are far off. That's us. It's everybody. Isaiah uh, 30 and 21 lets us know that this is the way. And he says, walk you in it. You know what I'm saying? Isaiah was prophesied. He said, look, this is the way. Now, you walk in that way. And it's kind of like, you know, if, if we was to be, uh, maybe we was in a burning building in and I'm coming to save somebody. And I come through the passageway that 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 I knew that you could walk down and be saved. And, and I, I got you, but I know there was other people I had to get get a hold get out of the building. And I said, Donnie, look, you go down hall A, we get to hall one, you turn and go down in, and I'll lead you to the door. And Donnie goes down there and says, I know he just come from that way from safety. And he told me to go down A and go down one, but I think two looks better. Well, look, you may run into a fire that's going to cause you to be lost and die. And that, that's what it's like. Look, look, you can you can be saved any way you want. No, it's, it's not that way. This salvation that we have, we gotta we gotta get that way, and we got. To walk in it. We got to walk in it. I said we're gonna walk in it. John 638, I'm sorry, John 668 says, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. That was the words of Peter. That was the words of Peter. When when Jesus got to preaching the word real strong in John 6, you can read John 6, and he, he gets to preach about how he is the bread of life, he's the way and all this stuff. A lot of people got offended by it and they walked away. Jesus turned around and looked at them and said, The 12 disciples looked at you guys want to go to? This, this is the words that Peter said here that I just gave you in, in, in John 6 68. He said, Who shall we go? You're the ones that's got the words to eternal life. We're, we're not going nowhere. I can't find this nowhere else. Come on. You see, doctrine of truth. Is required for salvation. Second Thessalonians 2 and 12 says that they might all be damned who believe not the truth. Look, if we don't believe that this is the truth, when that Jesus even said, I don't have a reference to that for us, he looked at him one, one day and he said, If you don't believe that I am him, paraphrasing, you're going to die in your sins. What did he say? He was telling them, if you don't believe that I am the Father, that's what he was telling them, you're going to die in your sins. What was he? He was declaring the oneness of God right there. He said, if you don't believe that I am the one God of heaven that come down on this earth to walk with you and to become your salvation, you're going to die in your sins. He didn't say, oh, it's okay. You don't have to believe that way. No. He put a sureness on it. You've got to understand that I am He. I am your salvation. And that's why we got to repent of our sins, follow his word, baptize, and be have our sins remitted through the only saving name, Jesus, which puts the blood of Jesus on our lives, and he will resurrect us from the dead because that's the hope of the gospel. The fact that he died for our sins, shed blood for us, and remission of sins, uh, hallelujah, is, is, is given us through baptism where he was buried in the grave, and we have hope of resurrection, hallelujah, like he was raised by being filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the foundation of salvation. And then, the next non-negotiable thing that we need in our life, praise God, is 
faithfulness to that. Faithfulness to God. Number two. Number two, non-negotiable is faithfulness to God. This is what builds your foundation. This is what builds our foundation of God. Number one is we got to have an unwavering doctrinal absolutes in our life, which we know, and that, that's just a touch of it. That's the found, that is the foundation of doctrine, is how we are born again. All right? That's Acts 2.38, John 3 and 5, which the man be born again, water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And that we know that was fulfilled in Acts 2 38 when, when Peter said, Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, permission to stand, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We know that's the foundation. If we can't get that foundation, there's no sense of going to any of the rest of it. If we don't understand how to be born, there's no sense of going. Now look, we're adults. So let me be let me put plain here for a second, okay? Plain but not dirty. It's no sense of going, no sense of going and building a baby's room. And in your house, there's no sense going and building a baby's room if you don't know how babies come to this world. But if we know how babies come into this world, and we go through that process that you bring a baby into this world, then we can have, then we can have that. That's cool. You got away from me. So, faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Faithfulness, we gotta have a maintain a that salvation is we gotta abide in this faith. We we got faithfulness is it, it refuses to negotiate the important stuff in our life. See, faithfulness it it is it's we gotta be faithful to being involved in God's kingdom, faithful in and in, in gathering together in the house of God. I'm gonna tell you what. Showing up every day, every time we have service, when you can. If you're not working, you're not sick, you're not in the hospital, or there's not an absolute medical or, or, or family emergency, you'd be in the house of God every chance you have. I'm telling you what, it's building, it's building you on that foundation. Faithfulness in our walk with God. Faithfulness in our, our representation of God to this world. Not only faithful in the house of God, but you're faithful at work, you're faithful at school, you're faithful at home, you're faithful to your neighbors. Everybody sees you, they realize something's different about them. Amen. Isaiah 25 and 1 says the counsels of old are faithful and true. Faithfulness and true. Faithful. We gotta be faithful to this thing. We gotta be baptized with faithful. I mean, what, what's that mean? When you baptize something, that covers it. We got to forbid from our head to our toe, baptize that. We're going to be faithful. We're faithful to God's people, faithful to the man of God, faithful to the house of God, faithful in my time, my talents, and my treasures. Everything that I do, I'm going to be faithful with it. Truth without faithfulness is powerless. The truth with faithfulness is dynamic. These are words that Brother White wrote right here. He said, truth without faithfulness is mockery to the world. But truth with faithfulness exalts God in this world. He wrote, truth without faithfulness is meaningless. But truth with faithfulness is a doorway to the miraculous. Man, when we start having truth with that faithfulness, we're going to start seeing, we're going to see blinded eyes open. We're going to see deaf ears open. We're going to see marriages put back together. We're going to see diabetes healed. We're going to see lung disease healed. We're going to see COPD healed. And truth without faithfulness is a slippery slope, he wrote. But truth with faithfulness is a foundation you can stand on. When we add that truth of doctrine with faithfulness to that truth, I'm going to tell you what right now. It's hard to shake somebody that's faithful to what they believe in. It's hard to shake somebody who's faithful to what they believe in. And that's what he was talking about. Somebody who knows what they believe, knows what they stand on, and they're faithful to it. And the last one that he has here with this is they also have unshakable integrity. Everybody say integrity. Almost done. Not been, but 37 minutes, just a few more minutes here. Unshakable integrity. 
The final, final element of biblical sound and a firm foundation is integrity. To truly live for God consistently and passionately is going to require our foundation having some integrity in it. You see, integrity, it allows us to see ourselves as God sees us. Anybody know who Reuben is in the Bible? How, how far are you in, in your Bible reading? If you're, if you're on track, you may not be to, to, to this part yet. What's that? Genesis? If you're reading through, probably both of them, you're starting in Genesis, and you're probably getting somewhere close, you're going to find out who Reuben is. Absolutely. Reuben is the firstborn of Jacob, or Israel. He's the firstborn. He was the one that's supposed to be the birthright that came down through him. But, Brother Donnie just mentioned, Reuben was, he had a problem with integrity. And he was exposed because he sinned against his father by sleeping with his father's concubine. And whenever Jacob was passing out uh, whatever they were going to receive when he was dying, I just read it this uh, this weekend, yesterday before. Genesis 49.4, this is what Jacob says about uh, Reuben. He says, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. You see, he was so unstable that he lost integrity and he slept with somebody he shouldn't slept with. Amen. Integrity. Integrity is, it is that place that when you're at the workplace and there's a dollar laying there that you know belongs to the company, then you think, well, nobody's going to miss that one dollar. And you grab it and put it in your pocket. That's a lack of integrity. Integrity is when you're on your phone and you see that, that spot where it could be that nudity or that thing that's going to get you in trouble. And you say, no, not today, devil. It is what you are when nobody else is looking. Uh, integrity is so so important. It protects our walk with God by by convicting us when we're we're not everything that God wants us to be. It, it allows us to follow through to ensure that our feet will stay planted in the ways of God. How how important is integrity? Brother White asks this question in his book, and he answers this question with these with these thoughts when he said. Talent cannot make up for a lack of integrity. Doesn't matter how talented you are, if you don't have integrity outside the pulpit or for whatever you're doing, you don't have a true foundation. He said oratory skills, or being able to speak, cannot compensate for a lack of integrity. Emotional influence cannot uh, counteract a lack of integrity. Pedigree cannot resolve a lack of integrity. Performance cannot offset a lack of integrity. Integrity means that we have the ability to see ourselves the way God sees us, not the way we want to be seen. By say integrity. Until our lives is lived with integrity, nothing else will ever be a solid foundation for us to serve God on. Nothing else. In most cases, when you look at stability, if you let your um, feet provide your direction, you won't have to worry about problems. Your head can cause. When our foundation is set and your head is wavering, but when you have your feet planted, when our feet is planted, everybody, everybody say integrity. Brother White writes this. He says, in summary, if your 
feet are planted on a sure foundation made up of doctrinal absolutes, non-negotiable faithfulness, and unshakable integrity, your experience with God will be at best a temporary dwelling place. As if your feet are not planted on all those things. There is a story in the Bible. It's, it's weird stories that you don't think about. I'll bring this to close with this today. There is a weird story in the Bible. You can find it in the book of Judges, chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through 7. If you want to read it later, I won't read it right now. There is an evil king by the name of, a, if I can say his name right, Adonai Bezek. A-D-O-N-I slash B-E-Z-E-K. After conquering 70 kings, he done a strange thing. He cut off their big toes. Anybody ever read that? Or heard it talked about? This king conquered these 70 kings and he cut off their big toes. Why would he cut off the big toes? The reason he would cut off the big toes is they say that your big toes is the center of your balance. If you think about it, like right now, stand up. Consciously thinking about so I'm feeling it. So I'm on toe, big toe push against, against the ground. And they say if you cut that big toe, your big toes off, you have to learn how to walk again. Because it's a part of your sure foundation. That's why he cut off the big toes. He knew that they were going to have to learn how. He was messing with their foundation. They were going to have to learn how to walk again. You see, an unstable person doesn't need any assistance to become a failure. Because they will defeat themselves. Amen. It's so important that our foundation is sure. And until our until we establish a firm foundation, our, our, our spiritual futures it, it's it's always going to be a question. There are some foundations that I look for as pastor and people. And I, I'm thankful that you guys are here today, everybody. This is Sunday. But I start seeing, I, I, I'll never forget when um, Sister Penny got Sister Penny to start counting. They started showing up on Sunday mornings. And I, I'll never forget, and all of a sudden I see them. Showed up on a Thursday night when I thought Sister Cheryl said, Look, you there. Showed up on Thursday night. The next thing you know, they're coming all the time. Now they're going to Brother Warren's church and Sturgis and, and doing good, and that's great. I mean, I'm glad they're doing well there. But um, that says something. When people begin to be planted on something, they begin to be faithful to something, and there's an integrity inside of them that keeps that person where they need to be is called the foundation. I read last week, let me read it again. This is the words that Paul that Peter put together after walking with Jesus for three and a half years. This is the lesson that he learned of how to keep us from failing. And it's all in what we've been talking about here today. Second Peter 1, 5 through 10. Read it last week, read it this week. I'll probably read it each time at least. I talk about this stuff. But he said, beside this, give all diligence or a lot of attention to add to your faith virtue. Faith is that foundation. Then you got to add some virtue to it. And then you got to add to that virtue knowledge. And then it gets a little tougher. And then you got to add knowledge, add to knowledge. Temperance. Temperance is learning how to control ourselves. That temperance, you add to that temperance, patience. When we learn how to control ourselves, then we start having some patience in our life. And then we're allowed, we can we can let that godliness, because adding that patience, then comes godliness. When that godliness there, then we have some brotherly kindness. And then brotherly kindness. We see the fulfillment of who that more excellent ways. I was talking to our uh, leaders last night. It's something that's called charity. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 will tell you all about charity. 
See, that charity is love. It's that foundation that everything is built on because God is love. What I like is he says here, he said, if these things be in you and abound, in other words, they be a lot there, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor untruthful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, but he that lacketh these things is blind. He cannot see it far off and has forgotten that he was first. He said, what are you saying? He said, you don't have these things. You have no foundation. You're going to be wavering. But verse 10 is so powerful. Wherefore the reverend brethren, give diligence as you stand. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What? Sure? Sure. A sure foundation. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You shall never fall. I believe it's a place that you and I can get. No matter how bad the storms get, no matter how bad they rage, we're on a sure foundation. Our feet. I say my feet. My feet. Psalm they used to say, I got my foot on the rock and my mind's made up. Good song. I won't say it anymore. You gotta have a sure foundation. Amen. Lord, I ask you to touch us today. You guys are welcome to come up here and pray or whatever today. Lord, I ask you to touch us. Help us to examine our foundation. Help us to walk around it and see if we need to get it repaired. Perhaps, God, we might even need to move out of that house that we've been trying to build on or tear it down completely and build something in our lives that is sure, sure foundation that hell cannot shake. Lord, I'm asking you today to help us, God. We need to be in that, on that sure foundation, God. 